Tech's Young Leaders Now podcast. We're very excited today to be joined by Uba Ali. Uba is a social activist and feminist from Somaliland, an internationally unrecognized country. She graduated from Abasso School in Somaliland in 2015, Miss Halls in Pittsburgh, Massachusetts in 2016, and is currently doing her bachelor's degree in politics and human rights at American University of Beirut. Uber and her team were among the MasterCard Foundation scholars who won the Resolution Social Venture Challenge in 2018 with their venture which plans to eradicate all forms of female genital mutilation, FGM, across communities in Somaliland. Hello, Uber. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so just to begin, uh, for, for those who are not as familiar with uh, Somaliland, would you mind just giving us a, a short kind of history of your country and, and tell us a little bit about it? Uh, so, Somaliland is an unrecognized country, and it used to be a part of Somalia before 1991. Um, so, it's the northern side of Somalia, and Somaliland was a British colony, and after the colonization, Somalia and Somaliland um, united again, so because all of us are Somalis, and then there was a civil war between the two countries, and then after the war, Somaliland decided to regain their independence from Somalia in 1991. And now we have been uh, a country for the last 28 years and uh, and we have our own president, our own currency, our own constitution, but we are not internationally recognized. And so you were born in Somaliland and you grew up there as well? Yeah, I was born in Somaliland and I grew up there and my, my family still lives there. Yeah, and I went to school there. And And what was that like growing up there? Life was hard, especially and for my family because I was raised by a single mom. And then my mom had eight children, and seeing my mom raising us um, and trying her best to make sure that all of us get a good education, that all of us get a food, um, and how she struggled actually because she got married when she was 14. Um, seeing her, because I'm the oldest, and always uh, asking myself, how can I uh, help my mom so she can, um, she, she will not feel all the pressure that she's feeling now. Um, that actually also in some way reframe uh, my own identity because I have seen how my mom worked so hard so she could make sure that all of us get what we want. Um, so life was hard for us, but it was fun at the same time because you go to school with some of your friends that you share the same background, uh, you speak Somali with them and playing around with kids. But like being the oldest, it's always a responsibility also. So you went to Abaso school in, in Somaliland and you started to become interested in uh, a number of topics. Tell us about why you started to focus your attention on FGM. So I went to a school called Abaso school. It's a school founded by an American um, uh, head fund manager. And um, going to that school, it was there are only two boarding schools in Somaliland. So it was among one of the boarding schools. So we took, an, uh, my sister and I, uh, we took the international exam, so we passed that. So if you are one of the top students in, in Somaliland, you get to take another exam so you can go to that school. And then when we took the exam, we also passed that exam so we can attend the best school in Somaliland, which is a Barso. And then attending that school, it was my first time seeing actually international teachers who were mostly from America and, and, and from, um, from Europe and seeing them and how much they were trying to help us uh, to get a good education because we don't speak English in Somaliland. It was my first time speaking English and 
go into class and imagine and you don't understand anything the teacher is saying. And I pushed myself, my sister and I pushed ourselves so we can speak English because we started from nothing. And then for like for the ba- for the first two years it was hard, everything was hard. Like I literally failed some of my classes for my first year. I got F for English, I got F for writing because I didn't know how to write. I didn't even know the alphabet. So it was very, very hard. But actually seeing how my teachers were working so hard uh, to give back to us and to make sure that all of us compete with students all over the world and actually showed me that I can also do something for my country and that I can start with something small. So I start teaching kids from the village that my school located. I start teaching orphans um, in, in Hargeisa, which is the capital city of Somaliland. So I try to do this simple, basic stuff. So it's a way that can I, I can give back to my community. And also I have seen, because there are many, many, many girls in my country who do not get the opportunity to attend schools because of this uh, gender gap of, 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 uh, uh, that people believe about that women will get married at the end of the day so you don't have to waste your money on, on your girls. So I start advocating for the rights of women so a lot of girls could go to school. So because when my mom decided, my sister and I, to send, uh, to send us to school, a lot of people were against that, including my own aunts, including my own family, because they told her, my, my brothers are younger than us, so they told her, save your money for your boys. Don't waste your money on your girls because like at the end of the day, they will be the wives of some other man. So I wanted to change that narrative. And I worked so hard um, so I can advocate for the rights of thousands of girls who live in my country who would be a status if they get the education that they uh, deserve to get it. Wow. It was in high school that you first met Edna Adam as well, right? Yeah, so and Edna Aden is an she's an activist and 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 she was nominated also to win the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015. So when I was in Abarso, because the school was getting a lot of attention because we have white teachers basically, it was the first time that people from America and teachers from Europe came to Somaliland to teach and to op- open a boarding school. So a lot of people were interested in that. So Edna Aden was like she's a very famous person in in Somaliland also in in Africa. So she. She came to some. Uh, to she came to the, our school, and then she uh, she was giving a talk, and then she talked about how uh, the process of FGM. Because I went through FGM, I did not know the effects of FGM, and like I realized actually that FGM was something big because she explained it to us, and then I asked, I started asking my own friends what their thoughts were about FGM. And, and how they went through and all of these things because it was a taboo to talk about FGM because it's like the fate of every girl to go through FGM. So seeing her um, her talk and talking to her in person and to Adna Aden actually showed me that we are in crisis and we need to solve it as soon as possible. Mm. So what did you do when you when you learned about this issue? What what were you thinking? with the ways that you could really tackle this issue? So at that time, because I was also young, I started talking to my friends and I, I, and I, and I started telling them, guys, we need to do something about it as a girls. And, and my sister and I started talking about it and I started using social media so we, I can advocate uh, the eradication of this problem. And then um, and I used to write about, f- uh, like at, at that time I didn't have Twitter, but I started using Facebook so I can like at least talk about it. But you know, a lot of people start criticizing me because who are you to talk about FGM? Because it's it's a kind of a shame to talk about such a problem like that. It's not a problem in Somaliland, you know? So I was a bit scared also because I needed to have a, a, a crew 
who can push me, but also my friends were there and my sister was there for me to push me. Uh, so we can use social media and we can talk to our friends and our families so they can stop this process. So I also talked to my family members so they, should, they shouldn't be doing this to their girls. And then it's so hard to convince the family members to change this practice that they have doing it for so long, for centuries. Mm trying to convince them was something hard because it's like they think it's a part of of islam and like you trying to be against that concept they might view you as an infidel mm. so you need to you don't want to mess up you need to uh, approach it in a strategical way so i talked to my my, my family members my aunt my aunts and i told them this is this will affect your girls life so don't do it, it so they start like changing a bit but they would tell me they will do to like the, the less and uh, severe types of fgm not the extreme was extreme one which is infibulation uh, they, but they still did it because i couldn't change it i didn't even have the power to change it so at least i tried to talk to them so i could change something so in 2016 you moved to the u.s you scored a secured a scholarship to move there and that was when you really started to use your own voice and become an activist right yeah Tell us about moving to the U.S. and kind of what you learned over there. Uh, so moving to the U.S., it was like, I think, the, the climax of my life uh, because I went to all-girls school called Miss Halls. And that school, basically, we have the freedom as the girls to talk about whatever we want, to be courageous, uh, to, be, uh, to use our critical thinking so we can fight for our rights. And like seeing girls all over the world and how they want to change uh, the perspective and that many people believe about women showed me, actually I can do something about it, about the Somali community and the, their perception of women. And then I, I got the motivation from my teachers, from from my classmates, from the girls I went to school with, because actually there they, they motivate us that we can narrate our own story. People should not narrate the story of us. So after that year that you then moved back to Somaliland to work in an orphanage where you were teaching English and math, were you still thinking about ways that you were going to affect your community um, on the issue of FGM? in Somaliland when you were teaching at the orphanage? Yeah, I was because in the, at the orphanage there were also a lot of girls. And in the orphanage center, it's like they don't have a lot of um, support from the government. They don't have a lot of support from the community as well. So like helping those uh, kids, uh, it was something that inspired me to reach my goal. So I could also educate the girls while I'm also like in some way empowering them. And also I had like this perception of like helping my community. So not only the, the, the problem about, about FGM, but also helping those, those boys and young girls who need education. Because when we educate both genders, basically we will solve a lot of problems. So that's how the, my target was education, while also I was including like this kind of problems like FGM and empowering youth. So they could also be aware of it that actually there's a problem and we need to do something about it. So after that, you then moved to Lebanon to study. Why did you choose political science? Political science, it's something that I'm passionate about because in the future I am planning to, to join the, the policy making of my country. Actually, I want to run for presidency, hopefully. I want to challenge the stereotypical notions that many people believe about Somali women because if you are a woman, you can do anything. That's what I believe in. Uh, despite the religion, despite uh, your own differences, we can 
do anything. So I want to be a part of the government and I want to change um, how the system was framed in a way that it oppresses women. Because when the system helps women, when the system actually encourages you to fight for your own rights, there will be no rape, there will not be sexual harassment. But when the system actually favors a specific gender, well, the other gender will live in that oppression. So that's why I'm, I'm studying political science, and I'm, so, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So you'll be working uh, on issues from the systemic level, uh, yeah. but you also have the experience working on it you know, from the ground up through your venture. Yeah. Tell us about um, starting your venture. We first met you last year at, at the uh, Baobab Summit in, in Kigali, uh, where you won the Resolution Fellowship. Yeah, walk us through through that process of, of starting your venture and and also tell us about, you know, winning the fellowship and, and kind of the next steps from, from there. Uh, thank you so much, actually, for, for, for choosing us to win last year because it was something before us. It was something that we were dreaming to do it for so long, but we were not having the funds actually to do it. And despite um, even our own lack of funds, still we were like hoping to do something about this pro- uh, about this. Uh, problem because I have experienced it the bane of FGM it's my nightmare I know how girls feel when you talk about topics like FGM and and all my siblings also experienced FGM I have three other uh, sisters and they all experienced FGM I have also one of the co-founders of Solace also she's, she experienced FGM and we are survivors of FGM and us winning this and actually showing that people we can do something about this problem. Actually encouraged many Somalis, especially who are youth, to be part of our program. Because they were like, oh, you guys, you, we can do something about this. Because when you change that negative image to a positive image, it happened to us, what can we do about it? We are survivors of FGM. But we need to change that story into a positive way. We can encourage our youth to be a part of this change makers so now we are planning um to talk to high schools in somaliland actually in a few few weeks from now on so we can incur like we can start and and high school clubs who are anti-fgm clubs in somaliland so the youth can talk about these problems both boys and girls because they already went through their high school students and they went through fgm most of the girls they can use this their story to spread the message to talk to their families. Also, when they get married in the future, they will not do these kind of things to their children. So you're going to be visiting high schools in Somaliland and um, organizing anti-FGM clubs, right? Yeah. How are you going to uh, approach the, the girls there? How, like, how are you going to, to talk to them about this issue? So the girls back home are very shy, very, very shy. And I think one of the ways that we can approach them, th- approach them is that we can talk to them specifically to the girls first without the boys so we can tell them our story we are not ashamed to share our stories we can tell them it is okay it happened to us but what can we do about it we need to move on this history this dark history so we can create a bright future for our uh, for our next generation so we need to empower them from the basic level first and build them and then we can also talk to the teachers in the schools both female and male so they can also encourage the youth, or specifically girls, to use their voice so they can uh, change this problem and how people see it. So you've been paired with two mentors through the, the Resolution Fellowship. Who are your mentors? 
and so our mentors are Gael and Casey and we had a call already we talked about um, the first steps that we will take to implement our project and like our approaches if we are going to the government when we are um, registered in our organization like what are the first few steps that we need to take and what are the legal requirements uh, for us to also register our organization and then we also will have another call on the 12th of August because this is the time that we are going to visit some schools, some of the high schools in Somaliland to start the anti-FGM clubs. What's it like being a MasterCard Foundation scholar? You have lots of friends here that you connect with uh, when you come to, to the summit. Tell us about that. Uh, I think being a MasterCard scholar, it's the best thing that you could ever imagine, to be honest. Seeing the, the, the energy and 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 the the courage that these scholars have it's it's something that you cannot imagine it always motivates me to do better to make my day better because seeing them how they struggle and how they are actually changing their history to a positive history it's something that i always find extraordinary because some of them they were rejected for so many so so many times from mastercard but still they were willing to apply it apply it apply it again so like I have so many friends who go to all universities around the world and connecting to them, talking to them, who are from different countries in Africa because we live in the same continent, but we might not even know our cultures. We might not know our differences. So talking to them actually show us that we have a common uh, root and we need to solve, when we want to solve a problem, we need to solve it from the root. So it's always like talking to them, it's always extra bush. Uh, that you can get a feedback that you can get from talking to those scholars all around the world. And why is it important for young people like MasterCard Foundation scholars and, and Resolution Fellows to start focusing on social impact at a young age? I think it's being young is all where it starts because when you are young, you are fresh. When you are young, you know where the problem is coming from. You can use your mind, you can use your creativity to come up with solutions. So that's why we need to invest in our youth so they can actually solve many problems and that's why i believe in empowering youth it's one of the best elements that we can use when we want to change a society and uh, just as we wrap up here do you have some advice for a young person that is looking to start their own social venture or even just make an impact in their community Uh, my advice will be never doubt yourself know that you are good enough Know that you are courageous. Now know that you will fail, but don't give up. Learn from your mistakes. Always there is a new day. And use what you did yesterday. So tomorrow will be a better day for you. So I will tell them, be courageous, be intelligent, and be authentic to yourself. Uber, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. And uh, best of luck with, uh, with the venture moving forward. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.